you are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome into another episode of the Locked On Rays podcast. My name is Ulysses Sombrano and on behalf of Kevin Weiss, this is the Locked On Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making us your first listen every day be sure to follow us and subscribe on any podcast platform on the social medias at locked on race but of course please subscribe to the youtube channel if you haven't yet just click that button and whilst you're there hit that thumbs up it helps us reach more race fans that are not familiar with our content and that just grows the community and if you like it and they like the race they might like us too um, this show is sponsored by Birdox. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on MLB or enter your promo code locked on MLB for a free water bottle with any order. You know about Birdogs. You won't want to take your Birdogs off. We promise you. So Thursday's night, Thursday night's game was not uh, a fun one for race fans. Um, we did get to see Littell have his best outing with the race, providing eight strong innings. Yeah, he didn't have the whiffs that you might want to see, uh, but um, contact was made and outs were made. Uh, so that's that That was a really, I think, impressive outing um, by Littell. I know that um, the strikeouts are flashy, but ultimately, if you just get the outs, you get the outs. Um, the, the bad side of yesterday was that when you have a guy providing eight innings of strong baseball, you would expect your offense to pick that guy up. And that did not happen. Um, You know, Casillo showed up. And if Glass now can strike out 14 guys, other MLB teams can strike out the race 14 times. And that is is exactly what happened. Um, Casillo plus their bullpen. Um, The way that this series is currently set up, it's looking like a split would be uh, fantastic news for the race. Uh, you know, you, you have Eflin and Savali there at the end, um, but the first two um, matchups are not very favorable uh, for the race. And you look at the bigger picture with the O's never losing. Um, it, it, it seems like a, a good question can be asked, which is, can we think about the division? anymore uh is that is that possible is that still attainable uh we put out a twitter poll saying 2023 reminder raise up was nearly unbeatable in the beginning of the season suffered a big lull in the middle had bounced back recently countless injuries and missing players if the Rays don't win the division how disappointed would you be 25 percent of you said not at all playoffs 67% 67% a little dis- a little bit disappointed, but still okay. 8% of you said, huge letdown, we choked. Um, if we want to see the comments, David Lopez says, put me in the huge letdown camp. Yes, Baltimore has been great all season. Are those guys ever going to hit a bad patch? Seems like they're not, David. Uh, but it took a historically bad month of July to give away the division lead. Um, that, those, that, that last part is true. Alec Heyer says, if Baltimore wasn't tracking for 102.5 wins and it was going to take the usual 95 to 98 wins to win the division and we still were behind them, I'd be closer to the huge letdown category. 
Disappointed, sure, but at some point, you got to tip your cap and enjoy that we have a good squad. I like the serenity in that comment, Alec. I, I, I mostly agree with that. Uh, Jake Stokes, old friend of the program, says, I still think they can win the division. I just hope between all the injuries, they can make a deep playoff run. Don't want another one and done. I think you are not alone in that. Um, it, it would be... Uh, that would be a huge letdown, I think, if you were to go down and, and go to the playoffs and yet you were just one and done. I think Braves baseball has elevated uh, to the point that just getting to the playoffs is not a reason to jump up, jump up and down. It's great. It's lovely. Uh, but we need to start getting goals that are bigger than just making the playoffs. The race have shown that as an organization, they're able to do that. Can they take the next step? And even Neander, Cash, and the players after last year's early exit, they were all disappointed. And they said, we need to be better. We need to do better. And we need to uh, get through the wild card series. So good point there. Uh, Caleb says, I'll be honest. This season has mostly been a huge bummer since the All-Star break. I'll be disappointed if they don't win the division, but they've done their best in a bad situation. Uh this uh, person says, whose name is, I believe, in Rene Pinto and at Randy Land season. I like your sense of humor. I think it's fair to be disappointed while also acknowledging that, one, we never had as a secure a lead as we thought. The O's never let us breathe. And two, this is still a World Series caliber team. Tremendous points. The Rays were so good for such a long time. And yet the Baltimore Orioles never let up. It really is an incredible thing that the Baltimore Orioles never let up. The most the lead was for the Rays between uh, first and second uh, uh, place between them and the Orioles were six, was 6.5 games. Right now, as you can see on the scrolly uh, bottom banner on YouTube, it's at four games right now. The Rays are four games back. Almost as much as the biggest lead that the Rays had on the Orioles. So it has been really... Um, Unfortunate that the Rays had a, such a tremendous start to the season, and yet the Baltimore Orioles have just been playing great ball the whole 2023 season. And last but not least, MLB Dat Saratsky says, can't fault a team who has been playing World Series ball all year in Baltimore. That's the difference between a franchise going to the playoffs five times in a row versus a playoff-starved franchise. Well, I get what you're saying, but I don't think the guys in the in the locker room are just like, well, you know, Baltimore wants it more. Like, I, I don't think that. And maybe that's not what you mean. But, um, yeah, it's it's just unfortunate, really, if you look at it as a whole, that the race, you know, we were all hopped up on, on happiness for so long saying, oh, we got the division on lock. And Baltimore just stayed with it. They just stayed with it. And um, now they are... Pretty much a lock to win the division. I know there's like, what, um, 22, 24 games left uh, in the season. I want to get that right. Uh, 85, what was I saying? Uh, 141. So, yeah, we've got 21 games left. <sighs> Four games back. It's, it's, it's going to take uh, not a miracle, but a miracle's cousin. Okay, that's what it's going to take. Uh, to get that done. But, you know, uh, we've seen crazier things happen, and hopefully that can happen. They have four, a four-game series in Baltimore, but they do have that. 
coming up later in 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 this month. So we'll we'll see what happens. But before we get to uh, some mailbag questions, let's talk about burdocks, guys. I have told you endless times about how and why I love burdocks. Okay, first of all, they have that texture. That's stretchy khaki shorts that are so much more comfortable than that stiff cotton type of shorts. And besides that, they fit slimmer through the thigh and the leg, which gives you a truly sculpted look. I'm telling you, uh, in my travels, what did I pack? My bird dogs. Everywhere. In Kyoto, I was wearing bird dogs. Osaka, bird dogs. Fukuoka, bird dogs. Tokyo, guess what? I had my bird dogs on, baby. And guess what? Right now, if you go to birddogs.com uh, slash LockedOnMLB or you enter promo code LockedOnMLB at checkout for a free Bird Dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash LockedOnMLB for a free water bottle at checkout. Look, these guys like you and they like us. Again, I got the free Yeti style uh, tumbler when it was time for that. Now you can get a free water bottle with any purchase. So today, go to birddocs.com slash locked on MLB and get yourself something that will make you feel and look amazing. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. So we have a voice memo from Jack. Let's hear what Jack has to say, people. Hey, Locked On Rays, this is Jack in Hudson, Florida. Love the show. Um, my question is, is it just me or tonight during the first couple of innings, did it feel like the Rays, the first three innings, did it feel like the Rays intentionally went through the entire order half-assing their swings, like swinging at things, trying to like basically, or not swinging, like Randy Rose, Reyna being the biggest example did he feel like they didn't swing intentionally trying to, to go through Lazardo's stuff and, and go through the entire order trying to see that? It seemed like that. It seemed like to, to me like they were intentionally trying to get him over 50 pitches and, you know, and, and trusting in their, in their outfielding to, uh, you know, to quickly shut down the innings on their side. That's what I think. Um, love the show. Thanks for, uh, thanks for any answer. Not at all. Thank you, Jack, for giving us a voice memo. As you guys know, we love voice memos. We get to hear you uh, and, and and your input, and it makes for a better show when we have voice memos. So thank you. Thank you for bringing that up. I have said this before, and Locked On Race listeners that have been with us for a while will nod their head. I've told you, Randy Rosarena, there will be times where he is just playing mind games and he just looks like a statue. Like he's just not, he will either like take a step mid pitch or just put the bat on the shoulder and give the pitcher the notice. Like I ain't swinging. He does this. Um, I feel like it's mind games uh, to get the pitcher off rhythm to maybe um, lose on execution on their pitch. Um, I, I think that there's something to that as far as that specific game, I think with Luzardo, like you always have the, the, the scouting report on him that although this has been his best season, 
Um, he can get wild like any young pitcher. And so you want him to make mistakes. Um, so maybe that's what they were looking for um, to try to, to get his pitch count and maybe get into the bullpen. Um, but yeah, I mean, Lazardo is a, is a really good pitcher and, and he's showing that this year. So maybe that's what the Rays were trying to do. Um, but good, good, um, good observation. Uh, I like that. I, I think, I think when we're watching baseball games, uh, and this has happened to me more and more often whilst, you know, growing up watching baseball and being more in tuned into pitching, um, you know, look for things that you want to, um, don't just watch the game. How can, how can I put this? I don't want just watch the game, be able to, before the game say, I'm going to focus on Tyler glass now's curveball. And that's all you're going to be trying to track. Um, or, um, when Pete Fairbanks comes on, I'm like, okay, let me see how the slider's doing today. You know, just pin pinpoint things you're going to be looking out for. And I think you're going to have a better time watching the game. And I think Jack exactly did that for this game. Maybe Jack does this all the time, which is awesome. But if you haven't tried that, try to do that. Watch a game with the idea or intent of what you're going to be looking out for before the game. Um, so, and that might take just like, you know, five minutes of research. For example, if, if you're kind of not, if you don't know the repertoire of, of Savale, which is fine. Not everybody has to know it. Just go to baseball savant and, and check out Savale's pitch, uh, pitch mix. Oh, he throws this 80% of the time. He throws this fit, uh, you know, 10, 10, 10% of the time. And so it'll, it'll make the game a little bit more interesting for you to, to follow along. And I, I think that's just a terrific way of getting more out of the game, getting more out of baseball and ultimately growing with the game and just enjoying it a little bit more than other people. And that's what we want, right? We want to enjoy the game a little bit more of the game that we already love. Uh, so that's, that would be my uh, advice that Jack kind of got out of me. So Jack, thank you so much for your voicemail. Next up is Rachel from Tampa. Hi, Kevin and Ulysses. We are two months away from ending the regular season. I know this is too early to ask, but how do you think the race will perform next season with Shane Boz, Drew Rasmussen, and Jeffrey Springs off the IL when 2024 comes around? Well, thank you so much, Rachel, uh, for this email. Uh, well, two of those guys will be missing a chunk of next season. Drew Rasmussen and Jeffrey Springs, I think we we can kind of chuck half of the 2024 season away for both of those guys. And then when they return, who knows what you're going to get from them. Shane Bosch should be ready for opening day, but Tommy John is Tommy John. And so we don't know how he's going to react to that. He's a young pitcher. He has a very pros of Shane Boz. He has a very repeatable delivery. He doesn't have any crazy um, sort of wind up or anything like that. It's very straight to the point, which is great for him to 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 come back from an injury like this and, and not have to get all his body um, uh, right or in rhythm. And besides that, he's not a huge giant like Tyler Glass now where there's a lot of moving parts. So that part is good. Part of that that's not good is that Tommy John uh, is a very difficult surgery to come back from. Now, is it easier to do so than in the past? 100%. But it's still major surgery. And so I don't think we should just 
um, as race fans expect Shane Boss to just be Shane, the Shane Boss that we, we, we expect him to be, you know, a under three ERA guy, guy and, and, and with all the accolades and with all the, the tremendousness, uh, ceiling, um, that, that, that he can have. Um, so then you're left with, are they, are the Rays are going to, uh, pick up Tyler Glassnow's $25 million option? I think they should. So if I'm Neander and Bendix and uh, I need to convince Stu Sternberg, I'll convince the heck out of him saying we need an ace. We need a guy because we we had another ace and he's going to be on the shelf, which is Shane McClanahan. So you need a guy guy and love what Zach Eflin has done. Love what Aaron Savali has done and can do. They're not your number one guys. They should not be your number one guys, especially if you're in the AL East and you're trying to win that division. So then you can earmark those three guys, Glasnow, Eflin, Savale. And now you have Tosh Bradley as a revelation for, for this year. Hopefully he's taken his lumps and he's going to because he's a rookie. Can he make that next step um, in 2024? And then on the fifth spot, do you like enough what Zach uh, Littell has done? Maybe so. Um, I... I think it would be very difficult to to just earmark him as number five. There's obviously is Josh Fleming going to stay in the in the organization? Um, Shane Boss, you know, is he is he just going to take that spot uh, as the number five guy? It's it's going to be tough. Uh, I, I I don't think I'm going to feel as good about the rotation coming into 2024 as I did in 2023. I mean, we were talking about that the 2023 rotation was going to be the best in franchise history, which it definitely had the opportunity to do so. Uh, but, you know, we know the injuries, you know, Rasmussen down, Springs down, and then McClanahan down. Uh, and you didn't start with glass now. So uh, obviously I, I will not feel as bullish on the 2024 rotation as I did on the 2023. Uh, but then you get some guys back get the springs back in, 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 in the middle of the year, you get Rasmussen back. So even if a, say a, a Bradley, a Boz or a, a Latell might not be having a great season, you have that as reinforcements and yes, they're coming back from big injuries, but whatever they can do to help would be, would be much appreciated. So good question. That's a, that's a good question. I know it's, it might be a little bit early, but it's never um, bad to talk about, um, the future and what we can expect going forward. And we have one more um, mailback mail question, which is a really good one. Uh, but before we get to that, I got to tell you about FanDuel, guys. Uh, get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5, just $5, and you get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed, right? That's right. Okay, so plus all customers who bet those $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join. FanDuel, the app is easy to use and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and much, much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with an offer you will not want to miss. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Okay, and last but not least, friend of the program, at RC Hill 23 says, 
Is it just me, or has the overall home plate umpiring in some calls, even after review this year, have been particularly awful? Not just bad calls against the Rays. I have seen several really bad calls on anti-social media. <laughs> Follow-up question. What can, should the league do about it? Oh, tremendous. Tremendous. Um, look. Man, uh, I'm going to have to talk about this with 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 Kevin as well because it, it's a really good topic. I think with anti-social media and with uh, accounts like umpire auditors where you know or umpire scorecards uh, being retweeted and 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 circulated and 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 pitching ninja and all of the all of the replays and clips that are just are are fingertips all the time uh, i think that has made us believe that it has gotten worse because now we see more like before anti-social media you saw maybe a couple games a day you know you didn't have that you didn't have that availability of of set clips before um, so you could see maybe two, three wrong bad calls a game, and that's about it. But now you're seeing two to three bad calls, maybe four or five a, a, a game. But if you're seeing that in multiple games, so then it has led us to believe like it has gotten worse. That's my theory. However, I still do think <laughs> that they have gotten worse. Um, it, especially the the replay is that what I do not understand. Uh, first of all, my, my first uh, Rob Manfred, I have all the power. Um, although Manfred doesn't have any power uh, would be to say, New York, you out, you are not going to be the headquarters to be the, the replay center. Get the hell out of here. No way. How is it? How is a city with, Two teams, it just doesn't make any sense. You know what? Build that building, build that replay center, create jobs in damn Iowa, okay? Go to Idaho, okay? Like somewhere with no bias, that's where the replay center should be. You know, put it in in, in the middle of Nebraska, okay? I don't care. North Dakota, here you go. Replay center, right for you. Uh, I I just I don't think it's a smart idea to try to look like you are being fair and impartial, and yet you put it in a state where there are two teams for one of each in in each league. Like it just I don't I'm not comfortable with that, and I feel like 28 other fan bases are not okay with that. Uh, so that would be number one, and number two, you have to be a little bit more the tenure with the umpires, the fact that they're, they're, they're unionized, which, you know, I'm not going to speak ill of, of unions, but it really does make it hard for them to f have any sort of heat on them. You can't have CB Buckner have 14 diff bad calls in a game behind the plate. You can't have that. Um, there, there has to be some integrity to to what these players are playing for and what the what the fan is trying to watch and then when it goes to replay on a certain call let's say a, a a boundary call or a safe call at second for 
or at a home plate, you know, it fits so visible that everybody in the stadium is saying, yep, that's a clearly a tag. He's out. And then you come back saying that he's safe. What are we doing here, folks? What are we doing? What are we doing? It's, I, it's, it's, it's worse to get the call wrong after a replay than getting it wrong without replay. I mean, duh, right? I mean, how are we still getting these things, you know, in such a bad way too? I, I agree. I agree, Mr. Hill. Man, they're, they're, they're pretty bad. They're pretty bad. And I think they're gotten, get, getting worse. But I do think my first, you know, viewpoint of the fact that it's, it's more available to us that we're, we're paying more attention to it. Um, so yeah, that's my little rant on, on the umpiring. Um, I think there, there's definitely something that needs to be fixed. I would start with that. Just put the replay center, uh, somewhere impartial where there aren't any MLB teams. I think that would help at least the perception that there's not funky business happening. And then after that, I think, you know, how are the, how are the umpires also not have a, like, on the field say, Hey, look, I was, I was wrong. Like that's I can clearly see. I got that wrong replay. You don't have to chime in on that. I know BA, I think has said too. why do the uh, replay center has to know what was called? Can't they just look at it impartially? Because sometimes I do think that they don't want to, you know, call out their boys. They don't want to call out their the 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 other umpiring. They're they're a brotherhood again, unionized. So they don't want to, you know, because they know that they can be um, on the other side, on the the shoe on the other foot. So why do they need to know if it's if it's an out or if it's safe? Can't they just look at the play itself with no filter and say, oh, he tagged him, he's out. Oh, he didn't. It's safe. He's there on time. That that's a home run. You know, I would add that too. So I would add that the change of location of the replay center, I would change it so that the umpi- the umpires in the replay center would not know the, the call on the field. And third, I would actually give some autonomy to the umpires on the field that if they themselves see the, on the Jumbotron, they can say, hey, look, that is, I clearly got that wrong. I clearly got that wrong. Let's move on. That's on me. Fourth which will never happen. All of these will never happen, but this one will definitely not happen, which is put some, you know, kind of assessment on who are the umpires who are the best at each position. Why do you have to rotate? Why do you have to rotate from home plate to third to second to first? Like, it doesn't make sense. Out of that umpiring crew, who's the best guy at first? Who's the best guy at second, third? They've got these stats. They got the stats of who is the best umpire behind the plate. And 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 screw the umpiring crews that are, you know, already made. Like f- find out of all the ump- umpiring crews, which I don't know how many umpiring crews there are, um, but find the best the the top X home plate umpires um behind the plate who have the who have the best accuracy, who have the best rate. And you guys will always be behind the plate. Put people in the position to succeed. That's that's the motto of the race since 2008. And it should be of every organization. I'm going to put a person in a role where they're going to succeed 
and we're going to have good results. Punto. It, I mean, it's not that difficult. It's not rocket science. <sighs> there, that's my rant. I hope you uh, enjoyed the mailbag episode for today. Hopefully the Rays come out with, with a series victory. A split would be okay too. Um, but regardless, let's hope for good things. Uh, my name is Ulysses Sembrano. On behalf of Kevin Weiss, thank you for always making the Locked on Race podcast your first listen every day. Please, please stay safe, and we will talk to you next week. 